And now this from Romans chapter 4. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations. According to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our scripture passage this morning is a great example of how Christianity is deeply rooted in Judaism. So often Christians forget or fail to recognize or to acknowledge how deeply rooted our faith is in the Jewish faith. Paul uses Abraham as an example of all of that. Just to quickly review, if you don't remember, the story of Abram becoming Abraham is in the book of Genesis, chapter 11. We're told that Abram is born, that he marries Sarah. Then in the beginning of chapter 12 is where his story really begins. As God calls Abraham to faith, he responds. He hears God saying, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others or a blessing to the nations. In fact, he said, through you, there are going to be many nations, descendants. This is hard to believe because Abraham is advanced in age. Sarah, his wife, never having had a child before. And yet God making this promise that through Abraham and Sarah, he's going to bless the world with many descendants. Abraham, we are told, believes God and trusts in God. Paul wants to argue it is not Jewish teaching or law that leads to right relationship with God, but it is faith in Christ. But of course, Paul sees his faith as an extension of the Jewish faith in which he was raised. He sees this as a part of his Jewish heritage. After all, Jesus was a Jew. Followers of Jesus or Jews, they see Jesus from Nazareth as fulfilling this promise of a Jewish Messiah. 
So Paul goes back in that tradition and back in time and draws this story out about Abraham. He interprets the story of Abraham as one of faith to say that this was a foreshadowing of God's work in Jesus. You can hear how Paul is thinking in verse 13 when he writes, For the promise that he, Abraham, would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Or even more explicitly in verse 22, Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Paul is trying to say, Abraham wasn't obedient to the law. There was no Jewish law then. He was a man of faith. He trusted God, believed in God, believed in God's promises. So Paul is saying it is that trust or faith that aligns a person with God and God's purposes. It's not that we have to earn God's love. It's that God offers God's love through grace, and that empowers us then to respond to this call of God and fulfill God's purposes in the world. Verses 18 through 20, Paul kind of fleshes out how he understands this story of Abraham to be an example of faith. He says, hoping against hope, Abraham believed that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Paul is trying to to explain to these early Christians why they should have faith in Christ, why they should trust in God and this revelation that Paul's telling them about that God's love has been revealed in a unique way through Jesus Christ. And he uses this Abraham example to say his faith or his trust led him to righteousness or right standing, put him in line with what God was wanting to do with the world, and our faith in Christ can do the same for us. But we all know, even if we are people of faith, that life can be random and cruel. We can run into unexpected and difficult circumstances which often seem so unfair or unexplainable. The pandemic certainly demonstrates that dramatically where one person in a household would get the virus and die and the other person would not even be affected. Or even when it came to that point where we could get the vaccine and many of us got the vaccine as soon as possible and began to feel safe in a sense for the first time in months. And yet then another variant comes along and some people who are vaccinated are fine and others are falling ill or even dying. It's hard to explain. Life can see so, seem so random and cruel. We can even see it in the pandemic in terms of how vaccines were distributed. So much depends on where you're born in the world in terms of what your experience is. Here in Tulsa, we have ready access to vaccines. But if you were born in some other parts of the world, in some other countries, even today, 
No vaccines available. It doesn't seem fair or just. And yet we know it's the reality on the ground in our world. But it's not just COVID-19. Many of us have had experiences where something bad has happened to us or a loved one that's inexplicable. And we wonder, where is God in all that? And why is this happening when we're not able to explain or able to see what the future is going to be in any positive way because of what has happened? Paul says we can look back to Abraham and see that his circumstances were not always ideal. And yet he had faith. His role was to have faith in God's promises that even though he was old and Sarah was barren, that God was going to do something through them to be a blessing to the world. Paul's suggestion is our role is the same. We too should have faith in God throughout our lives, through different kinds of circumstances that may befall us. There's an old folk tale about a father and a son who are farmers. They're poor farmers. They have one ox to plow the fields and make a living. One day while they're out plowing, the, fo- the ox falls over dead. It's a terrible thing. The neighbors come and say, oh, this is the worst thing ever. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to ruin your farm. The farmer says, Maybe so, maybe no. Then, as fate would have it, just a couple of days later, a wild stallion comes by. The farmer and his son are able to capture the stallion, hook it to the plow, and within just a few days, they've plowed all their fields, and the neighbors say, this is the best thing ever, this is wonderful, this is fantastic. And the farmer says, maybe so, maybe no. A couple of days later, the son wants to ride the horse. He asks his father. He says, not a good idea, still a little too wild. But the son, being a teenager, full of energy and a spirit of adventure, goes to the barn anyway and gets the horse. At first, he's calm and gentle. But as he begins to ride into more open fields, the excitement of the teen takes over and he begins to run the horse. But before long, the horse is running him and throws him off and he breaks his leg. He can't walk. He can't help with the chores. The neighbors gather around and say, this is the most horrible thing ever. Your son went against your wishes. He's broken his leg. Now he's left the burden of the farm all to you. How terrible is that? And the farmer says, maybe so. Maybe no. A week later, an army comes through, gathering up all the young men, bringing them into the army, going to war. They gather up all the young men except one, the one with a broken leg who cannot march and therefore cannot fight. After they're gone, they all say to the farmer, Oh, this is fantastic. How wonderful your son has been saved is still at home. And of course, the farmer says, maybe so, maybe no. It's so very hard in our lives with a limited human perspective to see in real time 
what are going to be the most significant events of our lives. Some things we think we'll never get over, and a few years later we've forgotten they've happened, and other things which seem insignificant at the time end up being life-changing experiences. Paul says, have faith through it all. Like Abraham, have faith through it all. Paul says, holding on to our faith is key despite circumstances. He wants us to remember Abraham because he says it's his faith that put him in line with God that was reckoned to him as righteousness. But he says not only was that good for Abraham, but that's good for us as well. In verse 23, he says, Now the words it was reckoned to him or reckoned to Abraham were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Our faith puts us in line with God, puts us in the right place to hear God and be empowered by God for living. In our world social affirmation from the back of our hymnal that we've been using as our affirmation of faith, we'll read it again in a few moments, has that line, We believe God Help our unbelief. Both parts of that are a statement of faith, looking to God in confidence, or even when we are in doubt, we can still look to God and count on God to help us, to aid us, to guide and strengthen and comfort us. God will be there. Paul says about Abraham in verse 21 that he became fully convinced that God was able to do what God has promised. The good news I hope you hear today is that God is able. God is able to do what God says God will do. God is able to bless you and fulfill promises in your life. And our faith in Christ, Paul says, puts us in the right relationship with God so that we can experience those blessings of God to the fullest. He says we can remember Abraham as an example of faith, but it's not only Abraham. We should see that God has done the same thing in Jesus Christ by raising him from the dead. Paul says my message is Christ crucified, but also Christ raised The promise for us is abundant life as followers of Christ on this side of death and eternal life on the far side of death. The promise is not that we'll have no hard times, that we'll never experience difficult circumstances. The promises of the Gospels are that God is with us and God can see us through whatever may befall us. The season of Lent reminds us of the 40 days Jesus spends in the wilderness. In our synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all tell this story of Jesus being led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Some places it says the Spirit of God, in fact, leads Jesus into the wilderness. It's a time for him to clarify his call. It was a time for Jesus to clarify his own sense of identity as he looks to the future, as he looks to the mission that he's going to fulfill in his life. It's a time for him to look at his temptations and his weaknesses and the distractions that inevitably come to life 
and for him to do some deep self-reflection and self-examination. Our book of worship tells us about the season of Lent and invites us to be a part of that. I want to read you a few sentences in terms of how it introduces this season. It says, Dear beloved in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. So for those of us who are already baptized, we could say it would prepare us for deeper commitment or greater conviction in our life with Christ. It goes on to say that Lent was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. May it be so for us all. Amen.